Hello, Life Church family, and welcome to Church Online. My name is Kim, and I serve as one of the children's pastors on our Kids Life Dream Team. Hello, and my name's Samantha, and I also serve on our Kids Life Dream Team. If this is your first time tuning into Life Church, we just want to thank you, and we're so glad you're here. Before we get started, if you'd like to follow along with Pastor Matt's sermon, you can download the service notes at lifechurchmain.org or go to your app store at Life Church. Our big news this week is that our kids' life is opening. Our children's department, we are so excited. We cannot wait to see your kids. And we just want you to know that we've taken many safety protocols to ensure that our staff and our children are safe. Now, enjoy worship. Yeah. 
It is so good to worship God together. Thank you, worship team. Before we continue with our service, please take a moment and go to our Life Church app or our website, lifechurchmain.org, and click on the connection card. We would love to hear from you. I know how different our lives are right now, so please know that you are not alone. If you would like prayer at any time during our service, please click on the live prayer tab and someone will be available to pray with you right away. I would like to thank you for your generous support of all the ministries here at Life Church. When you give, you are supporting all the good things that are helping all the people in our community, like Celebrate Recovery, Project Blessing, and right here at church, our student ministry and our kids, just to name a few. If you would like to support Life Church financially, just click on the Give button on our website or on our app. We've got Pastor Matt continuing with our summer series this morning, so tune in to God and enjoy the rest of your service. Hey, Life Church, my name is Maddie B. I'm one of the Celebrate Recovery pastors here, and so grateful to do the message here. Jesus used this church and the people in it to transform my life, and I know He's got good, great, amazing plans for you as well. Hey, I'm excited about the message today. That bumper video that we just watched, doesn't that remind you of your kids uh, growing up? I mean, it does me, or maybe if you don't have kids, maybe just you growing up and your transformation. That's what we're talking about, transformed lives. And uh, my, I think of a little Sadie growing up and she's five years old now. It th- seems like it was just yesterday I was holding her in my arms in the hospital. And, and now I'm trying to talk her out of not riding her bike with no hands. You know what I mean? I mean, she's just, she's such a little princess and she's, uh, she is quite the handful. And that just makes me think of, man, it's not going to be long. I'm going to be teaching her how to drive a car and just time flies and the transformation in our lives and the growth in our lives. And Man, to watch that in our kids is just, it's just uh, such a cool thing. We have Aaron, my wife Aaron and I, we have four kids, and, uh, and to, to watch them grow is just an amazing thing. And uh, most of you know my story of, uh, you know, a crash and burn, really, um, and um, Jesus picking me up off the side of the road and uh, my life being transformed and changed. And uh, our two kids, you know, I get... I get to lay down uh, at night with our kids before bed and, and talk with them and pray with them. And, and, uh, and I always think when I'm laying there praying with my son Silas especially, just laying there praying with him, thinking, man, what an amazing gift from God. What if, if Jesus, if this is the only thing Jesus did in my life, it would be, it would be enough you know, to give me a, a relationship with my son and, and, uh, and to have someone that I can love and that loves me back. And, and uh, if, if that was the only thing that Jesus did uh, for me, uh, that would be enough. And, but he's done so much more. Jesus has done so much more. I mean, he picked me up from a life that I thought there was no way out, from a life that I thought was a dead end. He picked me up and he saved me. And he's given me relationships. He's given me people in my life, relationships in my life. And it has, has just uh, blessed my life in an amazing way. And so when I say Jesus used this church and the people in it to transform my life, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about uh, Jesus became alive to me. He opened my eyes to to see something different through him, and uh, he just changed me in an amazing way, and I'm just so uh, grateful for that, and just so amazed by that each day. Uh, I said that I, uh, I said that I uh, 
lay down with Silas and pray with him uh, every night, and we kind of talk about our day. And it was a couple weeks ago, and I laid down with him, and we were going to bed, and it was a Sunday, and it was the first Sunday that we had come back to church. And he had sat right on the front row up here uh, uh, watching the message and with us, and normally they're downstairs. So I said, how was the message? How'd you like the message? He said, oh, it was good. I said, uh, I said, yeah, it was good. I, I said, so, so who's your favorite uh, preacher? Who, who's, the, who's the one, who, who does the best uh, talking up there? And he, without hesitation, he says, Brian. Oh, yeah, Brian. I said, what? Come on, man. You know, what about the old man? He says, nah. He goes, Brian. He goes, Brian's got jokes. I like Brian's jokes. I said, all right. I said, come on. I said, daddy's got jokes. And then I did what every good dad would do, is just proceed to tell him all my dad jokes I could at the time to try to sway him on my side of the, the scale there. But uh, so we'll see. We'll see what we can do today uh, in the message and see if we can get my own son to uh, like my preaching. All right. So I am, I am glad that you are here. I'm glad that we're here and going to uh, go through this message today. And I would ask you to, would you open up to Psalms 34? Uh, that's what we're going to go uh, look at today. And I got to tell you, I am fired up for this message uh, today because uh, life uh, for me a few months ago or, or a month ago, I was feeling a little down, you know. I was feeling a little bit... Um, out of sorts, maybe, you know, and, and uh, I'm just grateful that God opened my eyes uh, to see something different, and, and so I was feeling um, down and out. I kind of confessed my feelings to some people that was close to me and pointed me in the direction of, of uh, reading some psalms, and I started reading these psalms and praying over them and meditating over them and, and just really experiencing the psalms in a new way, and uh, it just really opened my eyes and uh, what we're about to read just really spoke to me, and I hope that I can uh, communicate that to you today, and just I'm just so grateful to be able to share that with you. Now, the Psalms are a collection of poems and songs, and, uh, and they're meant to be read in their entirety, and so that's what we're going to do. So read them in their entirety so they kind of paint the whole picture. So we're going to read through this together, if you would read through Psalms 34 with me. Psalms 34, a psalm of David regarding the time when he pretended to be insane in front of Abimelech, who sent him away. I will praise the Lord at all times. He constantly speaks. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will be darkened in their eyes, in their faces. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord who is godly. You fear the Lord, you his godly people. For those who fear him will have all they need. 
Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Does anyone want a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. Calamity will surely destroy the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. That is Psalms 34. It's such a great Psalm, let's pray together. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for this song that sings to our hearts, God. I pray that we just, we open our hearts to see what you have for us in this word today. I pray that this isn't some rehearsed speech or just some inspirational message, but that it's more than that, that, it's, that we experience you through it, God. I pray that we leave here different than we came. I pray that you change us through this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have you ever had this feeling that there's something missing, right? You're like, like in this situation or this place and you're like, there's something missing here. Like I'm not getting the whole story or, or, or maybe that you, you've got this feeling that you forgot something, right? Like you left the coffee maker on or the garage door open. You know, just this feeling in your mind that something is missing. Something's not quite right. And you can't quite figure it out, and it's not, not right, you just not right there for you. But there's something missing, and you know something's missing. I mentioned that uh, last month I was in a place of feeling a little bit off. I was feeling depressed or discouraged, or I couldn't quite figure out what it was. You know, something was off, something was missing. And I reached out and confessed where I was and, and people close to me. And I started reading through these psalms and started praying over them. And the psalms of David are some powerful stuff. And this poem that David sings uh, really spoke to me. And God opened my eyes to see a few things that I want to share. But before uh, we can really experience the full experience of this song, of this poem, it helps to know the background. It helps to know where David was when he was writing this song. And in the header of the poem, it says that it's a psalm of David regarding the time when he pretended to be insane in front of Abimelech and, uh, who sent him away. And it's referring to 1 Samuel. And there's a story of David that I had never known before. And I would, I would encourage you to read it through its entirety. I mean, I'm going to kind of summarize it. Um, in 1 Samuel 21, we, you remember David, right? David killed Goliath. He had killed Goliath, and he was invited to live with the king Saul. 
and he's living the good life. He's got a good life with Saul, and, but his, his popularity is, is growing. And uh, they were saying things like, Saul's killed thousands, but David's killed tens of thousands. And, and it was, there was this rivalry that started up with King Saul. And Saul becomes jealous of David. And David uh, and decides that uh, he must kill David. So Saul decides he must kill him. And, and that's an important uh, setting to our story here, important part of the setting to this poem, because David hadn't really done anything wrong. I mean, he had pretty much obeyed God. He had relied on uh, the strength of God uh, for his victories. He had his, he had a own, his own heart uh, was for God, and, uh, but everything was you know, starting to turn pretty bad for David. And uh, so David uh, 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 runs away from Saul. You know, he runs to hide and uh, he goes to the capital of his worst enemies, and, uh, which is Gath and, and the home of Goliath. And yes, the same Goliath that he killed. This was his hometown. And so he goes there to hide. And I'm not exactly sure why he goes there to hide. Uh, but he goes there. He meets with the priest. And he gets some food. And he asks for a weapon because he just he ran out. didn't have a weapon. The, the priest gives him Goliath's sword. Yeah, the same Goliath. He gives him his sword. And he's like, okay, I'm taking this. And he's walking through town. And... and uh, He's hoping he doesn't get noticed. Well, of course, he gets noticed. And uh, he, he's brought before the king. And, and his go-to plan, what he decides to do, is to start acting crazy. He gets wild and starts acting insane. He starts uh, drooling all over himself and starts scratching on the walls and getting all crazy. And, and uh, the amazing thing is it works. And so the king, who, who uh, he... David thought he was going to get killed, so he puts on this act, and the king's like, hey, go sell crazy somewhere else. Like, he gets him out of there and, and gives him the boot, and so David escapes the town. He's able to get away. That's the amazing thing. And he ends up, he's sitting in this cave with a handful of his friends and his family, and he's looking around, and he's thinking, something's missing here. Something is missing He's conquered giants and he's, he's had tens of thousands of victories and he's followed God the entire time. And now he's just escaped uh, most likely his death by acting crazy and he's looking around and he says, he says, there's something missing. He's like, no. He's like, no, I may be in a cave. I may be on the run. I may be acting a little crazy. But you know what? I will praise the Lord at all times. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak of his praises. I will boast only in the Lord and let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. He was run off. He was doing some crazy stuff. But he knew where to turn. He knew where to turn to, who to turn to. Can you relate to any of this? I mean, is something missing? I mean, have, have you conquered some giants in your life? I have. I've overcome some Goliaths in my life. You and I have had some victories. Yet we still on occasion can find ourselves in a dark cave thinking something's missing. And where do we turn? Where do we turn? 
when it feels like something's missing. It's not too late. You may be feeling like something's missing right now. You may be there right now. All God wants you to do is to turn to him. All we need to do is do what David did and praise Lord, right? Come on, let, it, let, it, let us tell about the Lord's greatness, it says. You're feeling helpless right now? He's, he's, saying, he's saying helpless, take heart, right? Let's praise him together. Exalt his name together. We've got a saying in CR, so we don't have it all together, but we are in this all together. God is speaking to us. David's words inspired by God who's speaking to us to saying, just turn to God. Come praise him. Let's talk about how good he is, right? See, praise, praise the Lord. Praise is a problem for your problem. I don't know what your problem is right now, but praise will have an impact on your problem. Praise is not just those fast songs we sing on Sunday here. No, praise is a position of the heart. Just the mention of the name of Jesus and who he is and what he's done in your life can change situations and circumstances. It has the power to break people free from what they're dealing with, break people free from chains. Praise is a problem for your problem. You have a problem with self-esteem, praising Jesus for who he is and who you are through him is, can change that problem with your self-esteem. You, you're struggling with addiction, praising God and who he is and the power he has is a problem for that addiction. You have a problem with looking in the mirror and, and seeing who you used to be instead of who you are. But praising Jesus for his saving grace can even change how you look, see yourself in the mirror. Praise can be a problem for your problem. And David sings, inspired by God, for us to hear today. He says, praise the Lord at all times. Even when you're in a cave, even when you're on a run, praise will overcome your preference it will overcome the how you feel. Praise is so powerful, it'll change how you feel. And you know it's true. Because you've dragged yourself in here more than once, not wanting to be here. Come on, am I the only one? And you start praising Jesus. And you start saying, you start reminding yourself of who he is and what he's done. And it changes, it changes your feelings, it changes how you feel, it changes things. David says, he says, when it feels like something's missing, praise him. Check out, he goes on to sing this, he says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me, he freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved them. He saved me from all my troubles. David is praying to God. He's singing his story here. I prayed and God answered. You got fears? He freed me from them, David says. He freed me from all of them. 
my desperation and he saved me. Those who look to him will be radiant with joy. A couple months ago, I wasn't looking to him. I was looking at other things. I was looking at myself. I was thinking, come on, Maddie, get it together here. Come on, you're, you're stronger than this, Maddie. Come on. Who are you looking to? There are a lot of things to look to for joy. Scrolling through the lives lived on Facebook. That'll give you some joy for about 10 seconds. But we're still drawn to it, aren't we? I mean, am I the only one? I mean, I can spend some serious time. Like, oh, look at that. Oh, I like that. I like that. Oh, that's great. Love. Oh, oh, look who they're in a relationship. Oh, isn't that... There's a lot of things to turn to for joy. The options are available. But you want, you want to be radiant with joy? You want to be radiant with joy? God says you just look to me. That's a joy you can't wipe the smirk off your face. When you're radiant with the joy of God, that's the joy. That's the joy I want. But how do we get it? Easy to say, right? Easy to preach. This is coming from a guy who was just in a low spot, who was in a cave of his own. How do we turn to God? And this verse right here hit me. This verse right here hit me. In my desperation, I prayed. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. Our desperation and communication closes the distance. Are you desperate for God? I gotta tell you, in that time that I felt like something was missing, I had kind of lost my desperation. I was looking to myself, looking to people around me as a solution. When the real solution was Jesus. But I needed a little desperation to close the distance. Distance creates distortion, right? You know where I'm going with this? I mean, I wear glasses because I can't see uh, far distances, right? And as things are far away, they, they're a little blurry. The distance creates distortion. And as it goes with our relationship with God, there there's, has to be some desperation and some communication to bridge that gap. And so you and I need to figure out, we need to figure out what our communication with God. What's our communication with God? How do we connect with God? What's our communication rhythm? What's your rhythm? Your rhythm is going to be different than my rhythm. But we've got to have some rhythms of desperation and communication in our lives to stay connected, to bridge that gap, to make the distance. I can tell you for sure that uh, COVID-19 kind of knocked me out of my rhythm a little bit. Kind of caused me to skip a beat, I guess. A little hiccup. I wasn't hearing the music. We've got to put some work in. There's, there's some stuff we've got to do on our part to keep that rhythm of desperation and communication. And I'm, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but David goes on to say in verse 14 that, that it's going to take to search for your peace and maintain it. There's some work that's got to be done. We're going to get, we're going to get there, but uh, what's your rhythm? What's your rhythm with God? Your life has been transformed by Jesus and praise God. What's your rhythm to maintain that communication, that, that desperation, that connection with him? 
Distance creates distortion, but communication and a little desperation bridges that gap. This wheel that we talk about uh, here and there, uh, it's really the center of how we, how we keep this going. And this wheel is moving, and, and these are different rhythms in our lives. These are not checkoff lists of how to get a transformed life, although this is, you can start with this. If you feel like your life hasn't been changed by Jesus, you can start with these things. But these are the rhythms in people's lives that has been transformed. My life has been transformed, and these are the rhythms that keeps this wheel moving, that keeps this mission moving, this thing going. Connect with God through devotions and prayer time and, and, and church services, coming here to, to hear the Word and to get into the Word and your personal devotions. That's a rhythm in your life. Community, being connected in this community and in a life group. We're going to have life groups coming up in the fall and staying connected with people doing life together as part of the rhythms of our life. Serving on this dream, on a dream team here. Going to grow and figure out your purpose and, and living your purpose out for this community and for this church and, and for God and being, in, and being energized by that, being filled by that. And praying for one, sharing this. This thing is moving towards people, towards people that, have, that, ha, that don't know Jesus. And these rhythms keep this thing moving. And in the center of that wheel is a life that's been transformed, a life that's been opened up and realized that there is a real solution through Jesus Christ, that the grace of Jesus, the grace of God has showered, showered upon us and opened our eyes to see that there is something new, there is something different. He is the solution. This thing is moving somewheres and there are other people that have not experienced the grace of God that don't know, that don't know that, that, that Jesus is a solution that he has saved us, that he who knew no sin became sin so that we could be right with God. And there are people that do not know that. And sometimes I think we forget that. I think we, I think we get so wrapped up in our, war, our walk and our work to maintain peace and, and serenity in our life and, and, and fix what's missing. That, that, and what, what do we need to help? What do I need to help me? And we forget that there's some people out there sitting beside you at work, in line with you at Hannaford, six feet away, of course, that don't have a solution in their life, that don't have a direction in their life, that don't know there is freedom available. And when we remind ourselves to that, it's like, oh man, come on, Maddie. There's nothing missing here. You've got Jesus You've got Jesus and there's nothing better than that. And people around you need, to, need a taste of that. And here's how David says it. Here's how David says it in the next verse. He says, taste and see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Taste and see. You ever had to fight with your kids about tasting something new? 
In our house, that doesn't work out too well. Uh, we're a house full of picky eaters, and Miss Erin is one of the worst. I do not have that uh, problem. Taste and see. See, my son Silas, he loves ribs. But there was a time when he would think of trying ribs. But I would make up some ribs, and I'd be eating them. I was like, oh, this is so good. This is so good. And eventually he tried it, right? And now he loves it. And David is inviting us to this thing called a relationship with God. And he says, taste and see, it is so good. It is so good. We're planning a camping trip with some of our uh, church family, our friends. And, and uh, we, the other day, last week, we had to uh, plan the meals, so of course you have a you pl- you have a meal to plan the meals, right? So we had everybody over, and we, and uh, and uh, we're we're planning, and and um, one of the nights I'm making uh, barbecue chicken and ribs, and we're just talking about it. I'm like, oh man, this is so good, man. Maddie B's barbecue is so good, and I just can taste it. It's so good, right? It's so good because I've experienced those ribs and they're life-changing. I've experienced the power and the love and the grace of Jesus and it's so good. And I know that Jesus is a real solution to the problem and the drains of the world, this world. And I want others to taste and see how good it is. Our relationship with him requires rhythms. Those rhythms. And at the same time, it, requ- it requires a response. Our relationship requires a response. Look at verse 12. We start in verse 12. Does anyone want, a life, li- want to live a life long and prosperous, he says. Well, how do you do it? And keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. Ouch. Hey, if verses 1 through 11 are true, then 12 through 16 got to be true too, right? You mean there's a response to do good? Yeah. Yeah, there is. There's some work on my part to search and maintain this peace in my life? Yes. Yes, there is. And you know it's true because you've experienced it. You've, you've experienced it both ways. I know I have. Let's see, when I'm running a life of lies and, uh, and I'm running a life of lies and speaking evil, is my life full of calamity? Yes. When I do the next right thing and I look to God instead of myself, doesn't it usually work out best? Yes. Do we all have things we can work on here? Of course. And that's why he says work to maintain it. 
At the same time, there's something to be said. There's something to be said that living a life of peace and joy requires things, keeping some things in check here. And David gets real practical with the song. But here's some good news for all of us that just threw up our hands and said, I'm out. Hang on now. This is the best part right here. Verse 17, he says, The Lord hears his people when they, cry, when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Are your spirits crushed? The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. The Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them will be broken. Calamity will surely destroy the wicked. There's the calamity. And those who hate the righteous will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Refuge in the Redeemer. Man, I love that. He is our refuge Does that song sing to you? Does that song sing to you? I mean, can you hear the music? There's gonna be Goliaths and there's gonna be victories in our lives and there's gonna be caves that we sometimes run to and sometimes we think something's missing. But where do we turn? Who are we looking to for refuge the circumstances and the situations in our lives are just our seasons, not life sentences. David wasn't in that cave forever. He went on to do some pretty amazing things. We read 1 Samuel 21, uh, 1 Samuel 22, verse 1 and 2, back, back to behind the music, right? This is after he's taken refuge in the cave. He takes refuge in the cave. He's singing this song that we've walked through. By the way, this wasn't the last time he sang that song. This song was was to be sung over and over again. In fact, it's uh, it's an acrostic in in Hebrew. It's in alphabetical order. The first letter of every verse is in alphabetical order. And I don't know a lick of Hebrew, so I can't walk you through that. But I can tell you that they did that for a reason, so that people could remember this song. And that they could could recite it and, and, and sing it over and over David wasn't in the cave forever. He was a season, not a life sentence. And this behind the music could be the most impactful to me. The best part of behind the music for me was this one. It says this, So David left, left Gath and escaped to the cave. Soon his brothers and all his other relatives joined him there. Then others began coming. Men who were in trouble or in debt, or who were just discontented until David was captain over about 400 men. I read that and I was like, man, those are my people. Those are my people. Eugene Peterson in the Message Bible, he describes them as a misfits of all sorts. I'm sorry, but that's who I want to be around. Those are my people. Let's get real, right? You know? I want to be around people who are desperate for hope, 
desperate for a Savior because it reminds me of my own desperation, my own need for a Savior. David's desperation closed the distance and it created a community. It's a rhythm, this community. And Jesus isn't a Sunday thing. And neither is church. Church isn't a Sunday thing. It's a community. It's a rhythm. It it changed my life and the lives around me kind of thing. This new normal that we find ourselves in is a season, not a life sentence. And the rhythms of our lives may have skipped a beat. And we may find ourselves in a cave wondering what's missing. But there is a real solution. There is a real hope in Jesus. And I want to be around a community of misfits that are desperate for Jesus. I want to be around people that know that their hearts, know in their hearts that they can't do it on their own. That they need the power of Jesus. I want people to know That he who knew no sin became sin so that we could be right with God. Made right with him. That we can be saved in the center of all of this. It's only Jesus. In the center of this, it's only Jesus. It's always been about Jesus. It's always going to be about Jesus. It's always only Jesus. And I'm going to continue to praise him. I'm going to continue to pray to him. And the question we, each one of us, have to ask ourselves is, who are you going to turn to? Who are you turning to? Can you shout some praise at your problem? Are you going to, am I going to embrace the situation or am I going to try to escape on my own? Am I in a relationship with God that requires a response or am I just checking off the boxes? Here's one. Has distance, has distance created some distortion? I can't answer those questions, but God can. God continues to save God continues to heal and he is close to the brokenhearted and he is our refuge and we're gonna sing praises to him. We're gonna sing praises to God. We're gonna sing this psalm to him that he saves us, that he is our solution, that we turn to him no matter where we're at, whether it's victories or we're in a cave, we're gonna turn to you, God. Let's pray together. Father God, We come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you for your love and your compassion for us, God. Thank you that you're above all this, yet you are intricately involved in the details of our lives, God. And there are some people listening to this message right now that are in a cave and feel like something's missing. I pray you open their hearts to see that there is a solution 
through Christ, there is a solution. Through Christ, we can overcome. Through Christ, we share our desperation with you. And you come down and you save us, God. You pick us up. You heal us. You make us new. Thank you, God, for your love, your amazing grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.
close our service today, I want you to know that your church cares for you. If you have any needs at all, emotionally, spiritually, or financially, please let us know on your connection card. If you would like prayer, please click on the prayer tab and somebody will pray with you right now. We love you. We can't wait to see you and we'll be praying for you until next time.